From grain to glass, this show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Brian. This is the best beer show on the internet. <laughs> you almost just went right back into it. You can't force a shtick. You can't force it. You can't force it. We got to come up with something else. Uh, longtime listeners, you will realize that Rick is not in the co-host seat this week. Uh, it is new co-host, Brian. Uh, there was... I mean, there was this whole thing with an arena and weapons, and <laughs> I mean, it's sad to say Rick is no longer with us, but... Uh, Poor Rick. <laughs> Rest in peace. Right, well, says. some somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so uh, Brian, before we get too deep here, I mean, you've been on the show before, but do you just kind of want to give people a little, little background on you? Sure. Uh, so I guess we start with the home brewing. Um, I, it was uh, 2005, uh, and it was a bright sunny day, and I was living uh, with a friend uh, named Aaron, and he and I were both really curious about uh, home brewing. And so uh, we had a friend uh, named Bruce Truckee, who is an engineer of some kind. I've lost touch with him over the years. In any case, he brought over um, a bunch of homebrew equipment and most of which he had sort of like made out of, you know, old kegs and, you know, copper pipe. And, you know, he had cobbled this all together. And it was uh, it was just really exciting to me because I I really do enjoy um, cobbling things together. Like, uh, I guess, what would you say? Jury rigging things um, kind of, you know, the, a big part of homebrewing for me in the beginning way back then was making your own stuff, um, which I really enjoyed. And as I, you know, moved on, I would upgrade equipment as I could. Um, and then, uh, in about 2011, 2012, well, let's rewind in like 2010, I got laid off like, like everyone else did or 2000, you know, eight, nine, 10 era. And I kind of went back to bartending and I decided that's that's when I was going to make a run to to be a brewer. Um, and I got my first brewing gig at uh, American Sky in Hudson in 2012. That was the first brewery uh, since Prohibition. Uh, and then after that, moved on to the, the whole uh, Lucid inbound deal. Uh, talk, if you guys, if people are familiar with that, we can talk about that another time. <laughs> and, and, uh, that might be more of a DOO discussion. Yeah, I'm not entirely probably, sure. That's probably for a different show. So. <laughs> in any case, I everybody involved with all the breweries I've been involved with have always treated me really well. All the ones I've mentioned, well, that's good. Um, have all been been positive. Even if it was a negative, it was there's always a way to spin s- it. spin it positively. So, in any case, um, towards uh, about a year ago. Um, I was kind of, um, uh, consulting and I did, I helped, uh, get a brewery running in Antigua, Guatemala, uh, called, uh, um, Antigua Cerveza. Jeez. That's the easiest beer name to yeah. remember. Like, like brewery in Antigua, like yeah. Antigua beer. Hmm. It's <laughs> the first craft beer 
brewery in Antigua, Guatemala, but there is now sort of a second one, which uh, I believe they are trying to call themselves and are going by Antigua Brewing Company, much to the uh, chagrin of Antigua Cerveza. But from what I hear, the Antigua, Antigua Brewing is uh, um, a few dudes and a Mr. Beer Kit. Uh, oh, okay. I never ended up uh, so uh, checking it out because I don't so, think it was So open. a real, like, high-end operation. Exactly. Uh, in any case, uh, at the sort of towards the end of that whole period, I was approached by my now partner, Justin Turbeast, who wanted to start a brewery in Hudson, Wisconsin. Uh, we found a really nice location on the, uh, on the main street in Hudson, Wisconsin, downtown there. And we opened up shop in, uh, on December 8th. So we have been open for about seven months, um, and we make ales and lagers. Uh, we make a lot of lager, actually. We always have probably two, three, four lagers um, on tap. Um, you know, I mean, we'll get into lagers at some point on homebrew. Yeah, we will. In homebrewing, and there, there's really easy ways to, to make it happen. It, you shouldn't, you know, be scared of, about making a lager. Um, is is just another beer. I don't know. They terrify the shit out of me. Eh, we'll, we'll get we'll get through it t- <laughs> together, my friend. So that kind of yeah, that kind of hopefully that wasn't a, too much of a long rant, but um, yeah, I kind of had yeah. a long long path of it, and I kind of wanted to get back into this to kind of keep my head in the game. And you know, it is where it all started was being a home brewer and then being a floor mopping bitch and uh, staring at the shiny equipment. And I thought uh, just being a floor mapping bitch was being a brewer. <laughs> yeah, like. that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I used to, man, I used to close the tap room on Friday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and I used to like mop that floor and stare at that equipment and go, man, someday, someday. Someday I'll be able to clean that. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'll tell you the story about how I got left alone with the equipment and the first time I brewed. We'll tell that in another episode down the line. <laughs> but yeah, that's me in a, in a nutshell. Right. A, lot of, a lot of cool teasers. Perfect. For future episodes. <laughs> um, yeah, so usually uh, we spend the first few minutes here uh, kind of just talking about what we've been up to beer-wise. Personally, I haven't been up to much since the last episode. Did a little bit of homebrewing. Um, just still chugging away on the 80-style challenge because things are a little out of sync right now as far as episode-wise. Because, uh, you know, with, with Rick on his deathbed, we had to <laughs> pump out a bunch of episodes. Um, but... Yeah, so that's kind of all I've been up to. That and sitting out and out on patios, uh, you know, draining a few pints. But yeah, it was too hot to move the other day. Yeah, it I was. was gonna go get that card game, but then then I was like, no, it's too hot. To it's move. way it's, too warm right now. It's just drink drinks. It's yeah. in the sun. Well, I was sitting in the sun. Yeah, I was in the shade. <laughs> I like the shade. I like the sun. <laughs> <laughs> I toast too easy. Yeah, I, I do but, too. But I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm talking to a ginger. So. Yeah, exactly. All right. Um, yeah, so we do have a homebrew to try. So we'll kind of dive into that here. It is a um, Brett Cezanne, um, which is style 28A. Uh, if you're watching live, you can see it on beer cam. Um, and so the the Cezanne recipe uh, was pretty, pretty simple. Um, it was eight pounds of two row, one pound of victory, one pound of wheat uh, and one pound of rye uh, for, or, and that's for a five gallon batch. Uh, OG of 1057. Um, then I used an ounce and a half of Styrian Goldings at 60 minutes. And this I fermented uh, first with Belgian Saison yeast and then did a uh, Brett pitch from Y yeast. 
What did the Cezanne yeast get your gravity down to before you pitched the Brett? Um, I honestly don't remember. Okay. It was one of those things where I pulled the other Cezanne out. Or, so I did this in a 10-gallon batch because uh, we had an issue with our previous Cezanne where the kegerator drank it all. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I did this 10-gallon batch and split it. Um, that Cezanne got down to about 10-10. Before, okay. So overshot a little bit because um, you were shooting for like, you know, 10, 11, 10, 12. Mm-hmm. But so that one got to about down to about 10, 10. And so I'm assuming that's about where this one was when I put the bread in. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Okay. So style wise, overview, overall impression of a Brett beer, uh, most often drier and fruitier than the base style suggests. Funky notes range from low to high, depending on the age of the beer and strains of Brett used. This was on Brett for about six months. Wow. Six or eight months? Yeah, I can definitely tell in the nose. It's very, very Brett yep. heavy. I should, oh, I could have grabbed no, that for you. That's fine. I wanted to make the people on beer cam feel <laughs> like, you know, I was. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I just need to smell it. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, good, good nose. Good quality on the nose. Yeah. I know we're not there. I'm sorry. Yep. Uh, yeah, so may, may possess a light acidity, although this does not come from Brett. Um Aroma, again, variable by base style. Young Brett fermented beers will possess more fruity notes, uh, tropical fruit, stone fruit, uh, etc. Uh, but this is variable by strain of Brett. For 100% Brett, beers heavily hopped. We're the, we don't need to worry about that. Older 100% uh, Brett beers may start to develop a little funk. But should not dominate. There's a little bit of funk here. There's not a ton. No, you know, when, when you first poured it, there was a bit more. I think some of it's kind of... Kind of wafted out. Yeah, it... There's definitely, there was definitely a good funk note. Um, I suppose, yeah, we we poured these 10 minutes ago, so. <laughs> we should have probably waited. Well, forever. I didn't know if it was going to be carbonated, and I didn't want to pour That's a flat beer. And true. I'm going to kind of give it a little bit of. A little toss. A little zazz there. I think I got some dregs. Let's see. Yeah, and then um, there's a like a little bit of, I, I guess what, uh, I should probably say like when. When I'm talking about this, I'm not saying that what I'm describing is what you're going to taste. I think, you know, we're we're getting to a point where we all kind of have some common language. And I mean, I guess that's in front of us in, in the form of the, the BJCP mm-hmm. guidelines here. Um, but, you know, I mean, the way I perceive things and the way I say them out loud, I'm, I'm trying to get better at making that common language. So for, for me, part of what I'm perceiving a little bit on the nose and then a little bit in the um, in the, t- in the flavor is that sort of that stretched quality when a beer does attenuate a little bit, like lower than, you know, okay. 10 08 and that. Um, and I always get, uh, like a, almost like a cider like character. Oh yeah. And same, same with Brett or sorry, uh, Belgian, Belgian beer. Uh, if I can always tell when you get a little, it's been stretched. Yeah. So it gets a little cidery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's a matter of the the yeast, like eating the simple sugars really fast and dragging it down really fast. And then also having the ability to then maybe chop up some of the bigger chains okay. that are left over with the Brett. Yep. So. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know how you would get away with uh, like not having that stretch character with mm-hmm. a Brett beer. Mm-mm. Like you, you just can't. Yeah. Agreed. Mm. Um, yeah. No, I get I don't I get a really nice Brett character. It's not overwhelming. It's like, you know how you get those Brett beers and there's just barnyard wet hay? Yeah. And nothing else? 
Mm-hmm. This is like it's it's more subtle to me. I get a little uh, like a little fruit lemony uh, character, and then barnyard. It, you know, and there's the, the I always kind of get like a, I'm going to say acrid acridity, but it's not probably the right word. Um, but it's 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 a little fruitier. There's a very light sourness, um, so it's not that heavy like sour in the back quadrant of your tongues, and that it's nice light tart like slightly sour it's not sour not truly sour it's very much just kind of tart yeah all right um appearance i mean it it looks like a saison like i mean it's variable by style so like a little hazy but yeah i mean that's i mean this was bottle conditioned yeah yep Yeah, yeah so you're gonna get that all right so now the important bit flavor I'm really curious how the how the Brett character is going to come through. Like, if if I'm even going to get any saison, have you tried it yet? Yeah. Oh, I okay. have. Yeah, I have been. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm going. I'm going. In, so you talk about flavor while I'm tasting. Them. Sure. Uh, so variable by. I'll just kind of read some of the highlights here. Variable by base style. So this base style um, was more of what like you would consider to be a saison base. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and I don't have the recipe in front of me. Sorry. Uh, Brett character may range from minimal to aggressive. I would say this is just a smidge above minimal. Um, there is a little bit. It smells a lot more aggressive than it tastes. Definitely, yeah. Which I think is kind of cool because uh, yeah. you're not getting walloped in the in the mouth, and that's um, as you'll come to find out. I'm not a big sour Brett fan, but it's a lot sweeter than I expected it to be. Yeah, um, it probably shouldn't be as sweet, mm-hmm. unfortunately, but um, that's life in the big city of homebrewing. Um, uh, let's see here. So it says always fruitier when young, and I would say even with six months of age on it, it's still pretty young. Yeah, which is also fine. Well, yeah. Um, well, and it'll get older in the bottles. So. Yep, yeah, it will condition out really nicely in the bottle. I think it'll still start. And there's some ca- more carbonation that could be tossed in this too. Yeah, so the... crisping that up too yep. would cut some of the the sweetness. Uh, the sweetness, yeah. Um, let's see here. Malt flavors are often less pronounced than the base style, leaving the beer almost um, dry. And crisp due to high attenuation. And they think that's true. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, mouthfeel generally light. Um, lighter than what may be expected from the base pile, but overly thin body is a fault. Mm. Uh, moderate to moderately high carbonation. I failed on that one. And head retention is variable. I like that it says head, re- head retention is variable because that is, is truly this style. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say I feel like I, I missed the mark a little bit, but it might. Like more carbonation might help. I kind of want to revisit it in another six months and see if this this has aged out a little better. Yeah, the carbonation's there. I think I think it might hit style. Yeah, it will only change um, whether that's for the better. Oh, yeah, better better or the worse. It'll change. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm I'm gonna leave it a question mark for now because I really don't want to have to rebrew a Brett beer. Yeah, this is actually not a bad drinker though. No, it's not. I'm like I'm really not mad about it. Mm -hmm. I've had beers that I'm mad about. This is not one of oh, them. Oh, yeah. Yep. But, uh, yeah. Oh, man. Hmm. All right. So, yeah, we'll revisit that in a bit, and hopefully it gets better. Otherwise, I have to rebrew it, because that's the... Them's the rules? Them's the rules. Oh, shit. Yeah, out of the 80, I have 10 to rebrew. Oh, dude. That I missed. I was talking about this to another... Another brewer, uh, Matt from Oliphant, and we were both like really super incredulous about 
about that much fucking homebrewing. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what kind of lunatic? To- oh, Casey. <laughs> Casey. Blast time. Yeah, well, you know, uh, <laughs> content, you know. Like, yeah. You guys try coming up with 144 oh, different shows. Shit, I don't know, man. I can't, I don't. The 80 were so easy. I think I'd, I'd be going, uh, just staring off into space. It, it gets rough. Um, mm-hmm. So you brought a beer for us to drink while we're yeah. kind of chatting. You want to talk about that for a second? Yeah. So uh, we're fortunate. Enough. Can you see that okay on the beer? Can you uh, know? put it. Uh, there you go. Yeah, right about the knot on his belt, and you're good. So we're at Hop and Barrel. We're fortunate enough. Uh, we we have three people on our brew staff. Um, we've got the uh, we've got Ethan, who's formerly of um, Swinging Bridge in River Falls. We've got Katie. Eels, who is the lab manager um, by default because she's the only one that does anything in the lab. <laughs> We're getting Ethan cross-trained because, you know, if she disappears for some reason, like Rick, you know, uh, then we'll have to have someone else yeah. do, do what she does. Uh, and then Chad uh, Forner, who he is a former brewer from Third Street, so he brewed, um, well, if you're savvy or if you're familiar, he brewed the Liftbridge Donut beer for the last three, four years, which is a brown ale base, right? Which is yep. sugar on the rim, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he brewed 21st Amendment beer, and he brewed Third uh, Street, and he did uh, what was it uh, like quality control, quality assurance type of stuff for the canning operation for Monster Energy Drink, which is also made out of that facility. Uh, in any case, he's very good friends with uh, some of the fellows he used to work with at Third Street Network for Lupulin. Uh, if you're not familiar with Lupulin, they're in Big Lake, Minnesota, uh, and they are very, very well known for the the uh, haze bra, like the hazy IPAs. The cool part about this brewery is that they make these just killer IPAs, you know, uh, super impressive operation. And then I believe they've got a, a an award winning um, Dortmunder. That's- yeah, out of left field. <laughs> um, they're they have a st- uh, like an imperial stout with. Um, uh, God damn it, Annis. Uh, and I don't know, man. I, I think that I, I I like all the beer they make, but I think the some of the off the other styles that they make are are just outstanding, and I tend to like those a little yeah. more. Um, like these lactose heavy beers kind of tend to like, just, yeah, you know, some there, and we get it. We've each got a sixteen ounce can, and I I would probably do a little better with a 12 ounce can to be honest with this time yeah personally well yeah no i mean 16 like it's a lot of hop juice Mm -hmm. yeah and that's what this like man uh this beer i i hate the word but it's turbid like Mm -hmm. it's dishwater oh totally and you know we can talk a little bit more about this later or if someone wants to bring it up at some point but you you see how this this haziness has a little bit of it's almost getting a little bit dark Mm mm-hmm uh, that's another thing that, you know, is kind of up in the air. Why does that happen? Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another something we could bring up. I guess for listeners, did we say what beer it is even? Oh, I don't think we did. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, we're, we're super dumb. Damn. Uh, listeners, uh, this is Operation Cooperation, which is a collaboration between Odd 13 Brewing and Lupulin. Correct. Yeah. And, you know, for the record, I would have been sitting in my car listening to this like, what's the fucking name of the beer they're drinking? Yeah, no. What I've, beer are you guys drinking? We're like, so dumb. <laughs> you know. We got it out. It's We're we're like, it. think of this as a new show and we're still working out the kinks. Yeah. The other show that I usually do, we're usually blasted by the time we get around <laughs> to doing that. So this is a little different. <laughs> I'm trying not to swear. It's not working. Right. Yeah. No, it's. <laughs> 
Well, I'm just I'm grateful that we're only doing one show tonight instead of three. Because for the la- last uh, twelve shows, we were doing three a night for the last yeah. four weeks, and by the time you hit the third show, you're like, okay, I still understand what's going on, and I can still make a show. Yeah, but I can't make a fourth. Like <laughs> that was like the last fifteen minutes of the last episode of Do Do I think I, I spent staring off into space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, what happened is we did the news segment, and I started, like, Googling those stories. Oh, and, and I you just got, like, like, in the hole? Got, yeah, yeah, I went down a rabbit hole, and I was like, hey, we're on the air right now. <laughs> yeah, Bro, save it till later. Right? <laughs> just re-listen to it later, and then think about it then. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, so, I mean... Oh, they got some stuff written on the can. Let's see. Inside this can is the most mind-blowing mashup of malt, hops, and mop, and hop hash. So we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, yeah. Two worlds colliding with a force so great that the resulting element is greater than the sum of its parts. From that collision poured uh, this golden liquid hop juice. Drink it fresh and enjoy. And I mean, this is only 10 days old, so yeah, uh, we're pretty fresh. Um, all right, and that kind of segues perfectly into... Uh, what we're going to talk about tonight, which is hops. We are we are doing a deep dive over the next however many weeks uh, into hops. It really kind of depends on how deep we want to get into hops, how and how many like topics come up that we're like, oh yeah, we should really talk about that, and we could probably devote an entire show to it. So, and I have a feeling there's going to be a few of those. Because mm. um, I mean, just as as we're talking here, like. I totally forgot about all the different ways the hops are prepared now. Right. Like, that's an entire show in and on its own. Well, if you can think about, you know, well, this is super relatable to to weed. Like, if you can think about all the wacky stuff that they've done yep. with weed, well, they've done it with hops, too, um, and tried to figure out a way to 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 use utilize it in brewing. So, um. But yeah, I guess for for all intents and purposes, literally the only reason for hops is is making beer. I mean, I don't. Yeah, I I what, honestly have no idea what else it would the be hell used else, for. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's hop candy for those weird hop heads, but yeah, I don't know about jamming like hops in my mouth, like just you know, no. raw. Well, I mean, as a as as somebody who started home brewing at 21, mm. like there's one of those things where you get drunk one night and you're like. <laughs> Well, it kind of smells good, and then you throw it in a pipe and try to smoke it. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't, don't do that, kids. <laughs> like, there's a lot of the weird things you can try with hops. Like, you know what? Here, here's a good one, though. So what we kind of tend to do is you take, you know, five ounces of, uh, fuck, I don't know, Bud Light, Miller Light, whatever. The, the cla- Like, if you, if, if you are looking at the BJCP-style guidelines, mm-hmm. you will... Uh, God, where was I going with this? If you look at the BJCP guidelines, you'll see um, what the classic American light loggers are. And in BJCP classes that I went through, uh, they gave us, you know, what was it? I can't remember if it was Bud Light. It was, I think it was Bud Light. And when we judged it, we were just struggling to find something wrong with it. And it was like, there's nothing wrong with this. And it's totally to style. Like, this is a really high point beer. Like, oh my God. And then the, you know, the, the, uh, the reveal was that it was Bud Light, and we were just like, "Oh, holy shit!" Like, okay, that's the benchmark example. Yeah. So, if you really want to get a good feel for how the, the hop pellet or how the hop flavor is going to work, 
and take a Bud Light five ounce and throw one pellet in there. Let it, you know, dissolve, mix it up, and you usually get a pretty good idea. Yeah, uh, I've I've done the thing where you like you, you drop a pellet in there and then you recap it quick. Mm-hmm. Yep, and that then works too. Just kind of throw it in the fridge for a day and then. Who was it? Uh, Oso did. They did a beer called Lupulus, Lupulin, Lupulus Maximus. And they put a hop cone in every bottle. I highly doubt they do that anymore. But they were like four pack brown, four pack. Like this was years ago. Though. That sounds terribly unshelf stable. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I we were in the middle of Wisconsin, and so I'm going to guess they probably didn't have super wide distribution of that. But yeah, that but, might deserve a Google too at some point. Like that, that seems like a vegetal mess yeah. waiting to happen. Because the longer you let those hops sit, that's that's for the dry hopping episode. Like, but yeah, right, truly. Uh, yeah. So, all right. So, hops. Like, let's start with what the fuck are hops? Like, what are they? Well, their main purpose is to balance out the the sweet uh, wort to balance out yeah. the maltiness. Period. Um, they give it flavor, aroma. Uh, they are a preservative. Uh, they do actually help with head retention. Um, leaf hops at times. Well, you know, I, I, I need to remember to speak as, as a, as a home brewer here, but, uh, at times leaf hops can act as a filter bed as well. Um, uh, I mean, are home brewers really going to use as many hops to use as a filter? Like, hmm. probably not. No, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you can, I mean, I you that. can, but yeah, it's <laughs> like, all right. So I put a pound of hop, a pound of leaf hops into my five gallon batch and I just got two gallons of beer out. Like. Oh, there's such a thing. There's such a thing as mash hopping. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, have you made one with that required that? Or I've, I've, I've. So, I, I, I don't know if mash hopping makes a difference. Yeah. It's it's kind of like this. It's kind of in the same boat as first wart hopping for me. Yeah. Like, does it? Thing and one of those things is you can't if if you want to like. Um, like sell your or like give your mash to like, um, like like make dog treats or stuff out of it. Yeah, you cannot mash hop. Mm-mm. Yes, yeah, that is a good thing to note that hops are they're just like they're like cho- you know it's like chocolate. They're, they're, they're very, toxic very to dogs. bad for dogs. Yeah, I don't know if they're toxic for other animals either, but so I like, I don't know if if you mash hopped would a brewery be able to give their Feed the cattle. No, that's a good point. I, or, well, rather, actually, I don't know. Um, but it stands to reason that, yeah, it wouldn't. Yeah, so, wouldn't I mean, it's dead. it's one of those things where, uh, but, again, like, it's, I, I don't know if it's if it's worth it, if, and that's that's definitely a subject I want to cover in this series, is mash hopping and first war hopping. Is there, a, is there really a difference in what you're extracting from those, or are they even worth it? Can you get everything in the kettle? Right. Um, so, um, but kind of going back to what are hops. So before, or I mean, hops have been used since forever. 700s. Yeah. And, um, but in addition to hops, they would use other bittering agents as well. All kinds of stuff. But then they discovered that, uh, hops also had a preservative quality, which is huge, especially when you're England and, you are literally run by a corporation that spans the globe and you need to send beer from England to India. Right. In in the hot weather. In the hot weather. Mind you. And so you start over hopping because it has that nice uh, preservative quality. 
And then you get a really hoppy beer. I mean, well, you get a... I mean, do you, though? Like, after the three months or six months on the ship? Because that, I, according to Mitch Steele's book, like, that entire thing is kind of a myth. Like, the, yeah. the IPA coming from that. That's uh. That's what I've read as well, but yeah, I mean, if you if you like the fairy tale part of it, then that's... oh yeah, no, it's I mean it's a romantic tale. <laughs> man goes to India, man discovers IPA <laughs> in a world. <laughs> All right, so what are we trying to get from hops? Uh, lupulin, um, right? Like we're trying to get you know uh, oils, essential oils out of the hops. Um, and you know, the, the main way to do that is boiling them. Um, literally that is what isomerization is, is boiling these hops and separating the oil from the, you're trying to take the alpha acids and turn them to iso alpha acids. Yep. Alpha and beta. Uh, so there's basically two types. There's aroma hops, which are, your low alpha and then higher beta. Uh, well, and it's is more associated with aroma. So uh, talking about the the two types of hops, mm-hmm. like your, your bittering and your aroma mm-hmm. hops. I've been rereading for the love of hops, yep. which if you're listening to this, I highly recommend reading it. You're going to hear a lot of regurgitated information, but it's information that deserves to be like kind of repeated and kind of pounded in. Yeah, I mean, um, you you could you could say that I, it's as a pro brewer, I constantly have to look stuff up, and sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't know the answer to that, and then I'll read something, I'll be like, okay, well, I used to know the answer to that, right, and then it's changed, and look that well, or that, or it, or it changed drastically. Yeah, so like one of the big things, I don't know, I don't, I don't know when this was published. I forgot to look. Um, you can probably check right now. Yeah, it's Stan Hieronymus wrote it. You guys probably, if you're interested in homebrewing, all have probably heard of these. Um, it's the, uh, the, the brewer brewing element series. Yep. I think John Palmer did the water one. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. 2012 is when this 2012. book came okay. out. So, six, so and then think about how many eight years, years ago, right. Rolling up to it or six, six years six, ago, six, but yeah. I thought it was 2020. I, I mean, for how many, I mean, I've, I've been hoping like, <laughs> <laughs> are we there yet? Like <laughs> 2020. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I'm voting for the rock then. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> No, uh, but uh, reading that, um, he like he was he's citing all these papers and stuff that say we shouldn't like like saying that hops are either aroma or flavor, like completely misses the point of some hops because you can get some really good flavors right. from some bittering hops, and you should get some. And there's some breweries that will just use like especially English breweries where they're looking for that lower bitterness, where they'll use their flavor hops for bittering, right. Yeah, there are definitely dual purpose hops. I mean, there aren't any hard and fast rules. I yeah. mean, that I mean, I'll I'll probably say this a hundred more times, but if you ask ten brewers, you'll get ten different answers. It just kind of depends on, you know, where they came well, from. Well, that's the ridiculous thing about brewing. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty <laughs> ridiculous. We all like we all have the same basic things that we say, and then there's our dogma that we yeah. That we that we go to. There was definitely there there was definitely some headbutting when when we initially all kind of got together uh, at the at the brewery and got everything going. Where it was like, you do what? <laughs> like <laughs> that you that's the technique you use. Like yeah. what you know? Why why would you do that? And you know, 
Well, and that's why experimentation and stuff like that is super important. But at the same time, we're or like this. This is a hobby slash industry slash thing that is as old as the human race, pretty much. Right. So we've we've done some weird stuff. All right. So we're trying to get as the essential oils. We're trying to get the bitterness um, from the hops. We kind of we we kind of talked about the history of hops a little bit, where it's been used for ever. Um, and so, when do we add hops? Uh, <clears throat> usually at the beginning of the boil, uh, in order to to balance or to bitter. Uh, you know, I mean, there's again, ask ten, get ten answers about doing you know thirty minute additions or. 20 or 10 or 15 or 5 or 0 or, you know, Whirlpool, Steep, etc. Um, but yeah, I guess primarily I don't I don't think there's a beer that is made um, and watch someone will comment and say which, but there's <clears throat> where's I even going with this? I can say a beer that's been, that's made without hops right now off the top of my head. Right, it's exactly there, so. I had to fucking do it and boom, I'm still got, mad about it. You got me. The uh, fucking shitty. I mean, sati. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I mean, mo- mo- most beers are just they're bittered at sixty minutes, and a lot of breweries use you know what's the cheapest bittering hop. I don't know. We use Columbus because uh, when we oh I I, I tr- usually would use magnum like back in the day i was pretty hardcore just magnum nice clean bittering for your uh bittering yeah why, why not like warrior or something like that that works too or columbus i mean those are the the big three that i was familiar with or i used and at the brewery now we use columbus because when we first opened we found five boxes for a really decent price from new glaris and we were positive that they stored them correctly so we nice is another reason why we purchased them from them we purchased them on the lupulin exchange which is the the uh, spot hop market that kind of everybody if you don't have con hop contracts it's where you get your hops and we buy almost all of our hops off of there sometimes we buy them from rush river and river falls if they've got some spare mosaics um so kind of a kind of a random question Mm -hmm. just because i it popped in my head so you know, like those those hop flavor spider charts. Mm-hmm. How accurate do you find those? Uh, well, what did we talk about before? Subjectivity, I guess. Yeah, yeah. A, a thing I was. Yep. Jiving about, but then again, uh, you, you have to be able to quantify it somehow. Well, yeah, and you need a common language. Um, so you know, take them with a grain of salt, and and actually, you know, very frequently, row to row, year to year. Because terroir, terroir, weather, you know, what have you, hops are going to taste different. Um, like, for example, the, the gripe recently has been that the citra crops have been too dank because of some aspect of the weather. That seems like the worst problem in the world. Well, yeah. My <laughs> citra is too dank. Oh, no. Le- less citrusy, more dank. And so that's kind yeah. of an issue. And so, well, we, we, you, you, I mean, you know, when you're thinking about layering these flavors in, it's, you know. Yeah, no, and that makes sense. Like, as a home brewer, I'm like, oh, yeah, the citrus is really dank. I'll use this yeah. and this hop. But I suppose at, like, you have those contracts two years out right. or more. 
Yeah. And well, the idea of when you go out to these hop yards and saying, yep, that's the, that's our row. Like, how the fuck do you know they're actually, you know what I mean? Like, is there something? I don't know. Maybe I'm too naive and too young in the game. Maybe somebody could correct me on that. But it just seems to me that that that's kind of BS. Oh, go. no, that that has to be BS <laughs> to go out to the field and roll them around in your hands and go, yep, that's that's the row that we're going to get. Well, no, because what's going to happen is they're just going to go harvest them all at once. Right. They're going to put them in the dryer. They're going to pelletize them yeah. or just throw them in or in the nitrogen packed leaf bags for you and send them over. Yeah. I mean, but, I'm, I'm only seven months in, in the game. I mean, we'll we'll contract some hops at some point and then we'll talk about it. But I, we're just kind of not at that yeah. level. Quite we yet. should try to get a hop farmer on during this series. I didn't even easy. think about that. Yeah. Yeah. Easy. We don't feel actually. Yeah. There's maybe. a few local ones. right? Yeah. yeah. There's a bunch because if you look in old brewing records from the 1700s in Germany, they're. They just simply would write Wisconsin hops because that was a good place to get hops. One of the most interesting things I reread in in the For the Love of Hops, because the first couple of chapter or the first chapter really deals with like the history of hops, mm-hmm. was uh, English brewers would bring over, you know, like Wisconsin and Oregon hops oh. and they hated them like they had an American tang to them (laughs) but then they started breeding those with like some english varieties and like there's there's one variety uh c1 i think is what they what they called it in there it was in like 1918 or 1913 or something like that and now like that's where ekg and fuggle and all those like all the nobility all the nobility the hops like kind of like they have some bit of that in them And then, like, and then that got back to the states, and so there's a lot of states hops with that in there too, especially like if you're looking at the hybrids. So you can all kind of bring it back to this initial hybrid, you know, 120 years ago, right? Which is, uh, which is really interesting and also a little terrifying. Like, I mean, all of our hops are GMO. <laughs> uh, man, every, everything's GMO, and that's why everyone is suddenly gluten intolerant or whatever. That's uh, well, <laughs> right? Like, or is that you know? I don't know. Maybe. No, it's it's the fact that like GMO is good because we can feed everybody now. Like, <laughs> that's kind of dope. Please, I sir. like being able to go to the grocery store and get food. May I have another? <laughs> like, have you seen like? The OG, like, corn cobs, they're like the little baby corns. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to, like, grill up 30 of those. They look like the corn holders that you use um, (laughs) on the corn. Um, Yeah. All right. Um, I mean, is there anything else you wanna you wanna touch on here? We're we're forty minutes in, so sure. we can start wrapping up. Yeah, we can wrap it up and we can get into the different types of hop products next time, maybe because they're yeah. That's that's a, a really few. good uh, that's a really good idea, actually. Yeah. So next episode, we'll talk about the different preparations of hops. I'm thinking uh, we should we should talk about that. Uh, we definitely need to talk about hop additions. Um, we should probably get into the some of the science, especially like I mean, we're talking like beers like this. There's uh, like some bio stuff that yeah. goes on with yeah that's you know and that's another fun one to look up if you're sitting at your computer looking for something to get into a rabbit hole about and that is putting things into beer at high croizen so adding that's where DDH or double dry hop kind of comes from is that uh, that dry hop during you know after the first 24 hours of fermentation then the cells, the yeast cells, they start picking things up and doing funny things with them. So, yeah, 
Yeah, it's a biotransformation, right? Okay. I believe that is a good way to refer to it. Yeah. I yeah. To... Um and but it's it's kind of it's kind of odd because we've been doing double dry hop and dry hopping for well as a uh, like as a quote unquote fad for mm-hmm. I don't know, Hedy five, Topper. Six years. Yeah, head, well, <laughs> since Hetty Topper, but it's never been this turbid. Like yeah. we hit like it seems like out of nowhere we hit like that that treehouse trillium craze. Mm-hmm. And now everybody's making milkshake beers. Well, and then, you know, just like how thrash metal was a backlash to glam metal, uh, you know, uh, Brute IPA is suddenly the, you know, backlash to Hazy IPA. Yep. I so. still haven't had a Brute IPA. I got a... Indeed, I think, is the first one that probably has one. And then, ah, gosh darn it. Some there is another one, and I apologize. Okay. I, I usually try to keep track of this kind of yeah. shit. I'm I'm heading out to Cali in a couple of weeks, so I'm hoping I can find one there. Mm-hmm. Should be able to, because that's kind of where it originated, right? In the, the Bay, Bay area. area. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I could definitely see that because you hear people talk, mm-hmm. and I completely understand. This is not an attractive beer to look at. God no. No, no, and I mean, you drink with your eyes. Totally. But I completely agree with that. And that's why this whole style is completely fucking baffling to me. But I mean, you know, who doesn't like fresh hop character? And as long as yeah. it's not too loaded down with lactose, I can, I can pull up. Like, pull up I don't know. I also like it. Like, this is the first one I think I've had that actually looks like dishwater. Usually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, there's a few of them, like, like they, they have more of like that orange juice brightness to them. Yeah, this does not. Like, uh, there's, again, I think... I don't remember. Somebody could tell me, or I got—I got to look it up. But there is some reason why these are turning weird, like almost not brown, but like they're murky, off, off color. It's 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 murky. Yeah, it's some it's, it's some process piece to it. Like yeah, some part of well, the malt. And, and we will talk about. We'll figure it out. It'll I've actually like been pulling like hops and like some hop research papers and stuff. Which the fact that there's hop research papers is entertaining to me it's pretty vast man if but you're a member of the master brewers association they have archives going all the way back to the 60s i believe jesus for technical what they call technical papers yeah um so yeah we're gonna be doing some research it's gonna be a little different than this whole 80 style challenge thing where we were flying by the sea of our pants and just making recipes um but yeah we'll also have to i suppose we'll have to actually do some home brewing in here at some point yeah <laughs> i'm just sad there's no funny news segment on this Show. We can add one. All right. I mean, we can add we, we can add a brewing news segment. <laughs> that would be good. Maybe we maybe we'll uh, see yeah. that in the future. Then. Yeah. I mean, we we have control. I mean, banjo music. It's me, Casey. Oh no! I mean that banjo music is not coming to this show. <laughs> I tried to eliminate banjo music from the other show. No chuglin. All righty. Like, all right. Better be heavy metal then. It's, <laughs> that's how I roll. Hey man, we can. I'm down to make whatever stingers you want, man. That's what that's called, stinger. Yeah, like the nice. the like the little thing that goes before and the end of a segment. Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, that's so awesome. like the, the stinger happens before, and then you have the bed under it. Yeah, yeah, I know, I, I know yep. bed. I, I remember bed because I was a, I had an underground hip hop uh, radio show in Superior, Wisconsin, in 1999. So I used to make beds of just loops and just okay. talk over them, but yep. I didn't know the stinger. Yeah, Sting, yeah. stingers are fun. Because they're, they're quick, they're... <laughs> awesome. All right. Uh, I suppose we should probably place the music to get us out of here. Yeah. Otherwise, we can't leave. No, we no, can't play. We, can't, we can't leave until the music plays. All right. Well, any final thoughts you want to leave our listeners with, Brian? Uh, 
drink up. All right. <laughs> well, guys, uh, thanks for tuning in. And if you have any questions, comments, show ideas, or if you have anything you'd like to add to our uh, hop discussion. Whoa, what in the world just happened there? I don't know. Hang on. We got some audio coming out. of. Oh, there we go. There we go. Sorry about that loop back, guys. The uh, the preview with yeah. the chat was playing music, and I kept hearing myself in the... Oh, I yeah. Gotcha. Yep. All right. Yeah. Anyway, so questions, comments, what have you, go ahead and shoot us an email at feedback at blindersteers.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blindersteers. You can follow us on Twitter at blind underscore ninja. And you can find us on Twitch every month or every Sunday at 6 p.m. Central with the Department of Defense and every Monday with the Legends of Lothos at 8 p.m. Central. Um, if you'd like to support us, head on over to Patreon.com. If you become a patron, you get access to uh, not only helping us out, because that is a reward in and of itself, but also you get to see our beautiful faces uh, live on Homebrew Bound. Um, so you guys get the video component to this as well, so you can see the beers we're drinking, kind of see what we're talking about a little bit more, because there's certain things that just audio can't convey. Uh, so you guys check that out. If you're going to do any Amazon shopping, I know uh, well, you can get some brewing supplies and stuff off Amazon, like if you're buying uh, like racking canes and stuff, get them prime. Like, or go to your local homebrew shop. But, <laughs> but if you don't have one, like we don't have one, or you have one that was bought by AB InBev, like ours was. Uh, <laughs> Both of them, god damn it. <laughs> well, the first one was bought by Northern Brewer. It's true. And then they were bought by AB InBev. Correct. So it was a transitive thing. Spent a lot of money at both of those places. Yeah, anyway. and then still H2O went out. Anyway, weren't they more interested in growing weed? And yeah, but they, they had... They, had they did a, have homebrew a, supplies. They had yeah. a pretty big homebrew selection. That's true. Uh, and, like, I don't think... Dude was a listener for a while and oh, nice. gave me gave me a discount and stuff. Nice. Like I liked that guy. Oh, so <laughs> whatever. whatever. What happened to you, man? Uh, and he got priced out of Stillwater. I think is what it was. Oh, bummer. Yeah. All right. Um. Other than that, guys. Uh, like Brian said, drink up, and I'll see you guys next week. <laughs>